Hey, you found us. It's a birthday edition of the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, Matt, I ate four donuts today to celebrate my 33rd birthday. There you go. That's good. That's good. And a happy birthday to you on the on the big 3-3 three, three for Mr. Glicksman. It's, I uh, won't sing happy birthday to you, but I won't. I won't, but just know in my heart I'm doing it. I appreciate that. I... Uh, Lost my voice on Monday, so I'm not going to sing to anyone about okay. anything. Well, you're, you're, you're sounding strong today. It seems like you've rebounded in time for the birthday. I feel good. Um, I feel so good, in fact, that uh, I think we can dive right into ASU basketball's uh, final full Pac-12 weekend slate. Um, yep. They travel to the Oregon schools where I believe a road sweep would – Net the Sun Devils a guaranteed spot in the bye? Yeah, I mean... Because uh, right now they are uh, two games up on the bye over USC. Right. Oh, on the bye. Yes, you're correct. We went to... A, I, I, I should have listened to you closer. I thought you were saying guaranteed as far as making the tournament. Um, yes. If we went two of the last three, we've, we've finished 12 and 6. And, and I believe fifth place right now has seven losses. Yeah, and so yeah, we win two of the last three. We get the first round by in the conference tournament, which would be huge. Uh, we we've not gotten that since they've gone to twelve teams and have not played on day two. Uh, no, we have not. No, so, well, we 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 did once, right? With Herb, didn't we get? Didn't we beat Stanford or somebody? And we lost to UCLA when they were the number one seed. From what I recall, oh, I remember that, what year that was. That might be right. I know that we. It, it was like the, the Harden year was the only year we had multiple wins ever right. in the tournament. Right. 2009, we got to the final and should have won. Uh, we had a pretty sizable second-half lead that we let get away. Um, but I don't believe besides that we've been even to the semifinals since they restarted the tournament. It's been uh, all or nothing and mostly nothing for us in that conference tournament. So, um, yeah, you know, getting that first-round bye would be big because, one, it would uh, – it would probably give you a better chance of not playing a really bad team, which is really, honestly, what we need to avoid now is the really bad loss. And if we were the five seed and you're playing number 12 Cal, that just brings in to potential the, the really bad loss that you can't afford. Yeah. Um, you know, the ASU opens the trip at the Matt, Matthew Knight Arena in Oregon. Yep. Uh, before they take on Oregon State, who is the number three team, uh, half yeah. game lead for the Sun Devils right now in second place. But if they can come out of this weekend with a split, they're okay. But they need to beat yeah. Oregon. That, that's a yeah, must. Yeah, I mean, it, which who would have guessed that at the start of the year? Because Oregon was the you know preseason pick to win the conference. Without Bull um, Bull, it has really right. fallen apart. It's been a tough go, really, from the start. They they've never really found a rhythm every time it seems like they're about to turn a corner. They don't. Um, I mean, the weekend they played down here, they, they beat Arizona and they, you know, that we beat them. And, and so, you know, it was just, it's kind of been the story of their year um, up and down and up and down. And, and, you know, last weekend they had a, had a big lead on UCLA at halftime and blew it and ended up losing, you know, in LA. So been a strange year for them. Um, you know, we beat these teams down here. Um, swept them, I think, right? If I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. Didn't we get that sweep? We did. Oregon, Oregon State, you know. So I mean, those are those were 
solid wins. Oregon was probably the best we played all year um, up to that point, you know, or for, for a prolonged stretch. That second half, we really dominated the second half against them um, and pulled away Oregon State. We beat fairly convincingly, and they came in, I believe, undefeated in the conference at that point. It was only 3-0 and or something, but they came in playing well. Although that Oregon State game was the one where they came roaring back they and we did. wound they up did. just That's hanging right. out. That's right. Yes, yes. We had a big lead and had to hang on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's. Uh, I mean, look, it's a different animal playing on the road. We've not been great on the road this year. Um, and and now, you know, we're, we're done with home games, hopefully for good, because if we play another home game, that means we're in the NIT. Uh, so hopefully we played our last game at Wells Fargo for this season and uh, we got to find a way to win. Uh, you know, uh, you and I talked last week that if we could find a way to win five more games, we felt pretty good. Well, you got three more in the regular season. Uh, we, we won two. Uh, you know, we, we got the home sweep we desperately needed there against Stanford and Cal. Got three more in the regular season, at least one in the conference tournament, hopefully more. Um, so, you know, you find a way to win one or two this weekend, hopefully two, and you're getting very close to that goal, I think, of making it in. Overall, ASU 19-8, and eight, that San Francisco uh, postponed game yeah. due to the fire, keeping us away from that 20th win. You would, yeah. You'd like to think we would have well, won that game. San Francisco was playing pretty well at that time of year. They, they've tailed a bit. That, uh, that almost might be a blessing in disguise that we didn't have to play them because they were playing well. and yeah, I'm not sure that that might be a ninth loss rather than a 20th win right now. ASU technically is still alive to win the conference title. Yeah. Uh, If we win out and the Huskies get swept in four games, we break the tie with the win. This weekend, so I wouldn't bet on that based on what I saw from Cal. Look, Washington's only lost once, and it's to us. The only reason why we're still alive is because we beat them. Because of that, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. I mean, it's uh, it's all over but the shouting, I think, for the number one seed. I mean, um, if if they don't beat you know, Stanford and Cal, I'll be surprised. They only need to beat one of them. Um, and then I think, do they finish with Oregon, Oregon State at home, I think? I believe that's correct. Every Yeah, so, they I finish mean, with the Oregon schools. They're in, they're in very good shape to, to, you know, probably finish 16-2, and two, maybe even 17-1, and one, um, which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it will go unnoticed because the conference is so mediocre overall. Mediocre is probably being generous. Um, but really, pretty impressive run that they've had this year I mean, they've uh, they played some really good ball and really separated themselves as the class of the conference from the start yeah I, I mean absolutely and it's it's interesting it's the uh, you know it, it's kind of feels a little like the Herb Sendek matchup zone the, the yeah. conference no one plays a 2-3 zone Washington no. does and nobody knows how to solve it no no I mean it's it's tough and and you know I mean look he, he uh Hopkins is the coach obviously comes from the Syracuse family and they've been doing it for decades and it's hard it's a, it's a difficult defense to go against doesn't matter that you know it's coming um if you play it well it's a difficult defense to face we we faced it last year in that first four game and we struggled um, you know, had a chance to win at the very end, but but never really got into the rhythm offensively you'd hope, and that's what that defense is designed to do. We really played well against it down here. Um, uh, you know, got the ball inside, uh, didn't settle for a bunch yeah. of outside jumpers. It was it was one of our better performances this year. But again, that's that's been the season. It's been 
you know, one step forward, one step back, it seems like, most of the year. Yeah, a, a clutch performance by Cheatham in that game, yes. which you can kind of say for any game. But he's, yeah. you know, he is sort of the X factor because he can defend really one through five at the college level. You know, yeah. not, yeah. look, he couldn't guard Zion, but there's no one on this team who No, could. no, exactly, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a very well-rounded player defensively and what he does offensively with the ability to get inside – and kind of you know create space, pass the ball, handle the ball. Um, he's he's a vital player. I mean, you know, for all the hype that you know Dort got, he's he's had some great moments. Um, I think I don't think there's any doubt. You'd say Cheatham is the MVP of this team. I, I mean, would you agree with that? I think absolutely. I, I think that it's unquestioned the leadership he showed because when Dort struggled, when right. You know, Martin struggled Yeah, in, in the games, you know, when we had the California trip after his brother's funeral mm-hmm. and, and we dropped that game to USC and everyone was like, wow, tough emotional roller coaster. It's like, right. Cheatham's the only one who played well. Cheatham played right, great that exactly. game. Exactly. He just missed the free throw there at the very end that, that you know, could have helped to seal it. Who knows? I mean, we would have had a three-point lead if anything. It would have been a done deal, but... But yeah, I mean, he he's been really good. Um, his rebounding is, you know, off the charts good. Leading the conference in it, I think. Um, you know, good offensive player who does it in a very interesting way. Not a not a great shooter, um, but you know, finds a way to get some points and and affect the offense. And certainly, his defense is is huge. I mean, what we've seen it over the course of the year, as you said, guarding point guards and guarding you know, postmen and being effective doing both. Well, that Kansas game, I mean, Archie knows that that Cheatham's a dog, but that Kansas game, (laughs) uh, what he did with Lawson was amazing. You know, he basically turned the game by himself by being able to shift down and defend him. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, a month later when we played Arizona and, and Justin Coleman was playing so well, they put him on him and, and he took him out of the game for a stretch. So yeah, I mean, he, uh, He's been really vital, and I, I think I said this a week or two ago when we were talking. Reminds me, not in the way he plays, but in the situation of Obina Aleka his last year, because you're just wishing, man, wish we had one more year of that guy. You know, we got a young team. We should hopefully have a lot of guys back <laughs> next year, and it sure would be great to have him back, but that's that's not the way it works. I mean, you know, I get it, but, man, you, you, just, you wish you had more time with a player like him. Absolutely. Um, you know, so ASU plays at Oregon tomorrow night, and then yeah. they get the Sunday night tip against Oregon yeah. State. Uh, tomorrow night's game's on Pac-12, so we won't be watching. But nope. uh, you know, nope. maybe something interesting will happen, and <laughs> you know, Larry yeah. will make a deal, and someday I'll, you and I will be able to watch Pac-12 games again. Back on AT and T, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean. Not only Pac-12, but buried in the 8 o'clock Pacific time time slot. So, you know, 10 o'clock your time, 11 o'clock Eastern. Um, you know, again, it's a it's a game to – you don't need to worry about style points because not many people are going to be watching it. If you can get the win, that's fine. I mean, the Cal game was far from an impressive performance, but they got the win, and, and that's all people are going to see because it was on Pac-12 Network on a Sunday afternoon. Doubtful very many eyeballs were on that game. Yeah. True. And it was an ugly performance in the first half, especially the end of the first half. Um, 
game, you know, I, I went to it and they, but they just did not play well at the end of the first half and let Cal take a six point lead into halftime, but got it going, you know, figured it out, got the win that they had to have. Let's uh, pivot now. And it's the end of February. So what else is there to talk about, but football? That's right. Uh, that's right. The big news is that the, in the NFL is Nick Foles uh, is not going to be franchise tagged. The Eagles have opted against their initial plan to yeah. franchise and trade him. Um, look, he made a lot of money last year and he bet on himself in kind of a smart right. way with the incentives and, and also bet against Carson Wentz in kind of a smart way. Yeah. Because yeah. he got all those yeah. bonuses, uh, payments at the, yeah, at the start of the year with Wentz out. And then again, after Wentz got hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I was surprised to hear that today. And then, you know, in, in reading a little more about it and kind of, you know, different people's interpretation of it, it makes you wonder if the Eagles are, you know, handicapping the market and thinking we might not get what we wanted in a trade. And if you, if you franchise tag him, he could sign that right away and then you're stuck mm-hmm. and you've got a, you know, a quarterback that's making $25 million dollars you got to make cuts, you know, you got to, you got to do things to get yourself under the cap. And so I wonder, you know, while it's being portrayed a little bit as, ah, the Eagles doing right by Nick Foles. Great. You know, this is a business. And so I'm guessing the Eagles looked around and thought, "Ah, is there, is there a tremendous market for him? Probably is not. I mean, I've thought this from the start of the year. There's not that many teams looking for a starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Broncos made their move. Broncos made theirs, yeah, and some of the teams that you thought might doesn't appear are. I mean, it looks like the Raiders are are in on keeping De- uh, Derek Carr. The Bucks are in on keeping Jameis Winston. You know, the Panthers are a team that maybe with Cam Newton being injured, but they all signed so far optimistic that he's going to be there and ready to go next year. Well, and if you sign Foles for that, it's the same thing as what the Eagles did. You're, exactly, you know, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's so, not the role he's trying to get. So you're looking at no, Jacksonville, no, that, maybe? You're looking at Jacksonville. I mean, that's really the one. Because it looks like the Giants are, are set to bring back Eli, maybe draft yeah. a quarterback. I mean, I mean the, only, some of these, the only thing I could say is if there was a team, and I'm not sure Foles is in a position to do this, uh-huh. Um, just because he's not young himself, where, you know, if you're the Raiders, would you sign him to a three-year deal because Phil Rivers probably won't be there for three years? Oh, the Chargers, you mean? I'm sorry, the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's But, boy, that's a ton of money. Right. I mean, and you you're know, paying, then you're paying two starters, and we know that the right. way to make money um, – you know the way to it's the way cheap. to make your money go far is to have a right. cheap quarterback the, and the certainly young quarterback a cheap on backup. The rookie deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you know, it's what the Seahawks did with Wilson. It's what the Rams are doing with Goff. Uh, the Eagles are doing with Wentz. You know, the Cardinals are doing with Rosen and Murray. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we should talk some of that, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know that there's a whole lot of teams out there that are. You know, there's there's teams out there that yeah, okay, you can say they might draft somebody first round as a as a you know developmental you know let's groom him uh, maybe you know second third round even more so teams that will fit that market. But how many teams are really looking for okay, we're going to sign you, come in, you're going to be our starter, no questions asked. Not that many. A lot of teams have invested you know high draft picks in quarterbacks recently. 
A lot of other teams have invested big contracts in quarterbacks recently. And so you look around and there's not that many of the musical chairs that are not filled. So I think this is the Eagles kind of being smart and, and honestly thinking, hey, well, we'll, you know, you let him go. You get yourself a compensatory pick next year if he makes big money, which he probably will from someone. And it works out better than having to make cuts to get yourself under the salary cap if you can't find a trade partner for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to – I mean, the quarterback position is – it's not just the glamour position of the NFL. You you have to have it to win unless your defense is spectacularly right. good. Which is hard, and it, and it gets harder every year with, with the way the NFL legislates the game, calls the game um, – you know, it just just is. It's hard. Uh, you know, it, I, can't, I mean, yes, the playoffs. There were there were very good defensive performances, and it's not. You know, it's not the end of the world as some people decried after the Monday night game with the Rams and Chiefs. But it is hard to be a great defense now, and and so yeah, I mean, you know, having a good quarterback, it's why teams are spending big money on Jimmy Garoppolo, who's relatively unproven. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, who's been good, but ne- never really great, um, but got a ton of money. Matthew Stafford, who you know I love, who's been really good, but never really great. Um, you know, I mean, like these guys are making a ton of money, and you can look at it and say, well, should they be making that much? But that's the market, you know, and if you don't have a guy like that, what do you have? Are you Miami and you're, or you're Jacksonville, and you're just kind of, you know, twisting in the wind with be- below average quarterback play? Yeah, and and the question is, I mean, Foles won a Super Bowl. Where, if you were putting tiers together, where would you put Foles? I, I'm not sure that he that is. Yeah, I'm not sure he's a difference maker. No, you know, no. is he Alex Smith esque? Yeah, I think he might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I. I uh... You know, he played extremely well in that Super Bowl and in the NFC Championship game two weeks before that. But, it, it, you know, we have such short-term memories and you forget how poor he played at the end of that season after Wentz got hurt. He played so poorly that, you know, and, and I'm not just saying fans, since fan opinion is, you know, not a great source. But, you know, a lot of Eagles people were saying, uh, why don't they give Nate Sudfeld a try? He was that bad in those first three games. And he wasn't very good against the Falcons in the first playoff win. They won that game with, I think, one touchdown, you know, like 15 to 13 or something like that. Uh, so it was, you know, he wasn't a work of art. And then he played great those two games. And, you know, he's a legend for that. But, yeah, let's I just think, you know, people get carried away with, you know, what have we seen lately and we saw that, and then we saw him play, you know, fairly well at the end of the regular season this year. And, you know, playoff game, he played well, but not great against the Bears, same against the Saints. I don't, I don't think he's that, I mean, if, if tears, um, third or fourth, you know, in, in the NFL, he's certainly not a, not a top tier, you know, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, he's nowhere close to that. Uh, and then you get your, you know, your secondary guys like maybe Roethlisberger, you know, Mahomes, if you're not ready to crown him as being, you know, top tier yet, I don't think he's on that level either. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and, and that to me is the question then of, I think he's an improvement over Bortles. Sure. Sure. 
But, and that seems like the most likely landing spot for him. I mean, it, you know, you, you just you, you kind of draw the lines, and that feels like the place he's going to end up. But even then, I'm not sure I'd pay a ton for it. No, no, I'm not sure I would either. Uh, I mean, uh, does does adding Nick Foles and you know, let's say everything else stays relatively equal, and they bring back similar team, and everybody else in the South does too. Does that make them better than Indy, Tennessee, and Houston? Not sure that it does. I mean, and, and two of those teams got to the playoffs this year. Tennessee just missed out. So that's a tough division. I mean, it's, it's not the division it used to be just a few years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that feels like the spot for him. I suppose Miami is a possibility, but it, it feels like Miami wants to go young and, you know, invest in the young quarterback and kind of hit the reset button a bit. And so Jacksonville feels like the most obvious spot because they were so close a couple years ago. They fell apart last year, and, and this, you know, the feeling is, hey, we've got the team to make a run. We need a quarterback to be the missing piece, and I hope he's the guy. I don't believe he is, but I feel like that's where they're going to end up. Yeah. Um. So you told me that you thought we should talk about the uh, Kyler Murray situation. I I saw that <laughs> yeah. GM Steve Keim said Rosen's our guy for now. And right now, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just pouring gas on that fire down here. That you know they're gonna they're gonna dump Rosen and they're gonna draft Kyler Murray and maybe they will. I mean, who knows? Um, I'll say this: if they don't, they're doing themselves no favors by uh, continuing to undermine Rosen. No, no. I mean, in a sense, I think you're right. Um, I I don't know. You know, it's always funny how you know people take like one one quote and I didn't hear everything he said. I didn't even hear the context of this one. So part of me wonders like, you know, you read that, uh, you know, he's our quarterback right now. Oh, well the right now, uh, I mean, was it, was it that, was it said that way or was it, uh, you know, yeah, he's our quarterback now, you know, I mean, he, why would you, why would you ask? I, I don't know the context of it. I would, I guess I could probably find it. Um, but yeah, it, it certainly in writing, at least it, it just pours gas on the fire. Like I said, of of the you know the buzz down here that oh, I'm gonna move on from Rosen, which is of course funny because ten months ago Rosen was the, you know franchise centerpiece, and now everybody wants to push him off to the side for some new franchise centerpiece. So, what do you think they do? Ultimately, I I don't think of they're going to get rid of Rosen. I, I mean, maybe I'm just assuming they're going to stay more textbook. Um, but I think they'll, I think they'll either use the number one pick on a, you know, a pass rusher, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, Josh Allen, somebody like that, or trade down. Uh, I think they'd love to trade down if they found somebody willing to give them what they want, but I don't know that they will. Um, but I, I, I still expect Rosen to be the quarterback there next year. And who knows about the future beyond that, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not. Yeah, I think you're probably right. 
it comes to a, it also comes to a point where, you know, would there be a market for Rosen? I'm sure there would, but are you going to re are you going to get back what you gave up for him or even anywhere close? I don't, I don't know. And they, they gave up a, a decent chunk of change to get him in the draft. Um, and, yeah. and so where's the market for him? How many teams are coming to say, hey, we'll give you a huge offer for Josh Rosen? I, I guess my view, it's not even so much that, but I don't think I'm off when I would say that Rosen's perception, at least, is that he's a mercurial guy. Oh, and, very true. And I'm yeah. not sure that they are doing themselves any good with this flirtation, even if it's just, hey, we're just trying to generate interest and true, you know, we're just true. answering the questions that were asked. No one is just coming out and saying no. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. No, I, I mean, yeah. And if the right, idea is they're is. trying to, you know, create a package of, yeah, you know, picks to move out of number one and they're trying to make somebody think they'd take Murray. Well, a lot of draft boards don't even have Murray number one at quarterback. Right, it's exactly. Haskins. I, yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't even gotten to, to, I mean, we're there right now. The combine workouts and stuff is this weekend. Um, you know, and then there's pro days and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's so early to be doing any kind of those type of projections, but that doesn't stop us from, from doing them and reading them, you know, uh, bringing them in and, and, you know, reading every bit and I've done it. I'm guilty of it. You know, I've read a ton of draft projections and I know they don't really mean anything at this point, but I can't help myself. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, it, it, it dawned on me today, and I don't know if you read the, the big story in SI about Trevor Bauer, but Rosen, you know, they both went to UCLA. They both got drafted by an Arizona team very high. The Diamondbacks gave up on Bauer very quickly. Uh, and it's starting to feel like we're seeing a, a parallel there. They're both kind of odd personalities. They don't really fit the, the, the box. Um, and are we seeing, you know, the same thing happen again? I don't know, but it, it, the, the parallels hit me today as I was reading the stuff about this. Yeah. A lot of parallels. UCLA guys, weird guys. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bauer is, is extremely weird. Uh, Rosen, not necessarily weird, but but different. Well, know? but for a quarterback, he's, he's yeah, an outlier exactly. because he's not – there are quarterbacks who make off the field poor choices that right. you know become discussions. Whether they did anything wrong or not, and whether they were convicted right. or not, they became distractions. Right. Um, but Rosen's is a uh, you know comments. The things he chooses to comment yes. on just aren't commented upon exactly. by most exactly. quarterbacks. Yeah. And it started yeah, at UCLA. You know. It's what endeared him to you i know oh it is it is and that's what honestly made me think of the comparison because i was i was thinking you know gosh if the cardinals moved on from rosen i'd like him even more because as you know i don't like the cardinals and and i i liked him at ucla it was that was difficult for me last year because i because i don't like the cardinals i don't really want to see him do well but if they dump him so fast and and that's why i like bauer the diamondbacks gave up on him i thought way too soon I liked him at UCLA. I was so, I mean, he was so dominant at UCLA and, and it made me think, man, this is, this is like the same thing all over again. You know, a UCLA prodigy drafted by an Arizona team, given up on fast. 
are we hearing are we hearing the same thing and yeah I mean I I liked the guy a lot at UCLA I was hoping he would go anywhere else honestly um because I I wanted to root for him but it's it's hard for me to do when he's wearing that cardinal uniform I get it uh it's just it's it's difficult I tried uh, but it didn't really work so Nets, let's pivot to baseball now. Um, yeah. Just to spring training's rolling. Everyone's playing except yeah. for Bryce Harper, who is <laughs> meeting with teams, has not signed a deal. Uh, it, how every, every day it's another team that is uh, somehow either back in it or out of it. Or Today it was the Giants. A couple days ago it was the Dodgers. Last weekend it was the Phillies. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's bizarre. Um, I mean, we're tomorrow's the last day of February, and he's still not signed. Are we are we really going to get to March with him still unsigned? I don't think I expected that, but we're sure close to it now. Maybe he'll just zig when everyone else zags, and he'll sign like a one year, forty five million dollar deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I heard the reports that the Dodgers are interested for like a three-year deal, and I just, I guess, I don't, I don't understand why he wouldn't do that. Because take the take the big money from them; they're going to give you big money, and then he's what twenty-six. Mm-hmm. So it's not a three-year deal. You're up again at twenty-nine. I mean, if you're as good as as you believe you are, you get a big contract then. I mean, it, it's it's kind of it's what's happened in the NBA. We've seen this, you know, and I get that sports are different because of salary cap and max salary and all that. But the NBA, these guys, LeBron and Durant and the top dog guys have started to go with this. Hey, give me a one year deal with a you know second year option and then I can opt out and I can make more money next year than I would have made if I signed a long term deal. And, you know, you wonder, like, is he the guy to to shift that balance in baseball or not. Maybe not, but, you know, you're hearing the stuff and I'm thinking, well, this isn't all that much different than what LeBron and Durant and those guys have done, and it's worked great for them. And so I guess from my vantage point, I'd be like, take that. Take the giant money. Go to the Dodgers. Three years from now, you get more money. Well, and look, we're we're going away from guys staying with teams their whole careers. So if you're going to be a mercenary – do it. The Do point it. of the mercenary <laughs> is to take the money. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it's not, you know, I guess I'd feel different if he was like when Albert Pujols signed that giant deal with the Angels. And you think, you know, okay, well, there, yeah, boy, if somebody's going to give you that many years, you take it because in four years, your, your you know, ability to sign a contract for that much money is probably not going to be the same. But he's 26. I mean, at 29, he could still sign for big money. Maybe he never gets a 10-year deal, but maybe you get, you know, four, three-year deals for huge money, and it works out in your benefit. Because, again, you know, the money, it only goes up. It always does. Um, just from a you know, inflation standpoint, teams get more money to spend. So three years from now, maybe $30 million a year isn't going to be revolutionary. So you sign for, you know, 35 a year for three years, and then three years from now, maybe 40 a year is the big market number, and you could get that. Who knows? Well, or you go, let's, you know, you look at it the other way. You can be like Yasmani Grandal with the Brewers. Well, he wanted 17 and a half a year mm-hmm. for multiple years. He couldn't get it. 
So this year, he took 18 and a quarter for one year. Right. And now, to get to that average next year, he only needs to take, you know, 16 and three quarters. 16, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know, I know, well, I don't know. I know from the reports we've heard that, you know, for years now, that Boris slash Harper want to, you know, break the records. They want to have the longest, greatest, the most amazing deal ever. And I think they're holding out for that when it may not be there. Um, it sure would make me leery if I was the Phillies because apparently they've, you know, they've put on the table the giant contract for long term and he hasn't signed it. And so if I'm them, I'm starting to kind of think like, well, do you really want to be here? Or, you know, do you not want to be here? Because if you don't, let's not do this. It reminds me of Machado and the Padres. Mm-hmm. I don't think Machado really wanted to go to the Padres. I think he took the money, and I think there's going to be problems within a year because of that. And I'm starting to feel like Harper and the Phillies is the same thing. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. I mean, I don't know. If he goes there, we'll see. But it just feels like, you know, the, the offer's on the table. You haven't taken it. Well, why? The only reason I can think of is you don't want to be there. Maybe he doesn't want to play in Philly. You know, it's, it's a pressure-packed okay. market. You don't. You don't have to want to play in Philly, right? Exactly. I mean, I can I can see why maybe he doesn't. It's it's a lot of pressure, and he's kind of a prickly person. And you know, the the media there would be tough on him if he struggled. And he has had some struggles in his career. He, you know, he has not been Mike Trout, where he hits you know three hundred in his sleep. And and if he signs for huge money there, and he's hitting you know two twenty in May, they're going to be on him. Um, so I mean, if that's, if that's holding him back, I can see why, but if I'm the Phillies, I'm getting a little bit leery of saying, okay, well, let, let's maybe re-examine this. Cause if you don't want to be here, just say so. Yeah. Well, I want to be here. Matt wants to be here. And after the two Oregon games, we'll be back to tell you yes. if we think ASU will be dancing, uh, or at least any closer to it. I yes. hope so. Uh, I'll tell you this, a sweep. Either way, will dramatically impact how I feel. Yeah, yeah, probably I would say the same. I mean, a uh, sweep in the positive direction, I'd feel pretty good. Um, a sweep in the negative direction, yeah, I'd, I'd go back to feeling how I felt when we, you know, lost to Washington State a few weeks ago. ASU looking to build on their longest conference winning streak under Hurley. A, a, second, a second shot this year at a four-game winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been been better. Uh, you know, it's still some ups and downs, but but better than last year. And and uh, yeah, we're you know we're what we're nine and five right in the conference. So yeah, we're gonna. It's already a better record than last year because we went eight and ten last season. Yeah. We'll be back to break it down. Older, but probably not wiser. Until <laughs> next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.